Hi, this is Mark Wiltshire. Thanks for choosing to listen to another episode of the Explore Finland radio show. Today I'm really happy to be joined by Temu Erman. He's an Earth and planetary scientist and lecturer. He's going to be taking me to the Lapajärvi area and teach me about the origins of Lake Lapajärvi and some of the best places to visit around there. And uh, later I plan to take a drive and uh, make another one of my road trip photo blogs. So if any of you have been uh, checking those out on the explorefinlandpodcast.com website, then uh, there'll be another one coming hopefully before winter. Uh, Temu, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Um, we're, we're sitting down to talk now. It's the middle of October 2017. Uh, the days are getting shorter and shorter. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to get out there in the next couple of weeks and do this road trip otherwise it might wait until spring next year but i, I definitely plan to uh, to get out there um tim why don't you first explain to people what it is that an earth and planetary scientist and lecturer actually does from day to day um at the moment i'm actually working i don't know actually what my job title is but i'm uh, working on a project to create a geo trail around the lapa area it's a project run by the Järviseutu uh, Seura and uh, they have all these fascinating projects to promote the area and the culture there and I've been working there for the past year or so a bit more. Uh, I'm a, yeah, a bedrock geologist by training but from early on I focused on impact cratering and uh, that's what I've been doing for the past I don't know, actually, 17 years or so. Okay, and this, this impact cratering is, I guess, a big part of the, the reason that, that Lapajärvi is interesting to you. Um, how about if we, we start by talking a little bit about the, about the lake? Where, where is it situated and how did this lake come to be formed where it is now? Uh, yeah, sure, it's the, uh, obviously the biggest lake in Etelä-Pohjanmaa and uh, strangely enough located in Lappajärvi. So the town of Lappajärvi uh, is on the, uh, I would say, northeastern side of the lake and Bimbeli is, sorry, northwestern side is Lappajärvi, northeastern side is uh, Bimbeli and southeast is Alajärvi. So those three towns cover the area of the lake. And the the lake itself was formed in an impact crater that was created by an asteroid impact 76 million years ago. And Lapajärvi is Europe's largest crater lake. So it's pretty impressive. Okay. Um, about the about the lake, what 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 is characteristic about a, a crater lake compared to lakes made in, in other other ways? Now, one of the most obvious characteristics is that, um, uh, well, Finnish lakes tend to be narrow, fairly linear things. Lapperbi uh, is not. It's roughly a circular lake, a large open body of water. That's unusual. That strikes you when you look at the map. And uh, obviously, it's a very rare case because there aren't that many. Uh, impact craters in the world 
boring. So it's truly a rare case. Is it just the is it just the shape, or I guess that that this crater impact has some kind of other geological effects on the on the area? It's humongous effects. I mean, uh, you let's let's imagine that you were somewhere in Finland seventy six million years ago, which obviously wouldn't have been, but dinosaurs were, and uh, it was a humongous explosion that shattered the country. Tsar Bomba uh, was the uh, biggest bomb as humans have ever invented. The Russian, or Soviet, I should say, hydrogen bomb. And the explosion that created Lapayarvit was more than 5,000 times as energetic as the uh, Tsar Bomba. So, an enormous thing. Okay. And uh, it's geologically extremely young because uh, Finnish bedrock is very old. The oldest bedrock in EU can be found in Finland. So Finland is actually the core of EU. Uh, and uh, the bedrock in Lappervi uh, area is not the oldest stuff. It's 1.9 billion years old, which is old enough. Compared to that, Lappervi is extremely young. 76 million years, that's a blink of an eye in geological terms, more or less. Particularly in Finland. If you ask for the Brit or somebody from Central Finland, uh, Central Europe, uh, then it's a different story because down there the bedrock is much, much younger than in Finland. But in Finland, 76 million years is young. And as the crater is pretty big, about 22 kilometers in diameter, that makes it large even on a global scale. Well, large to make science, something like that. But pretty remarkable place in Georgia terms. So the so the the meteorite crashed. It the the impact made this this huge crater, and you said that the the um, the the shock waves did did had had this this huge effect. How what what where has this been seen, or where where is this evidenced? away from Lapiarvi, where, where can you also see the effects of this crater or of this uh, impact? Unfortunately, you can't see it anymore. Okay. It, you can only see it in the Lapiarvi area. Uh, but, um, and, and that's because of the erosion. Erosion and uh, glacial transportation actually has uh, provided evidence of the impact all the way down to the Corvo area in southern Finland because uh, the impact melt rock Kernaite in Finnish uh, that's a very unique type of rock and it's easily identified so when the uh, glaciers of the last ice age plowed through Finland they transported boulders of Kernaite to Southern Finland. So, you so can find from, from the impact at Lappajärvi all the way down to Porvo, which is right on the south coast of Finland. Yeah, so 300 kilometers, over 300 kilometers. Okay, and and it's these glaciers that you mentioned. You you mentioned before that that Lappajärvi is a very different shape to other lakes, and that's because these other lakes were made by glaciers moving from from north to south. More or less, so yeah, they, the glaciers essentially uh, 
cleaned up the debris from old fractures and uh, that's why we have the lakes oriented more or less uh, uh, northwest, southeast, in most parts of the country. Okay. So there are fra fractures in all directions, but the glaciers moved in that direction, so they cleaned uh, fractures oriented in that direction. And you mentioned before that you're working on this geo trail project. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's a fun idea because. Um, uh, Throughout the world, I would say, uh, geotourism as a part of nature tourism uh, has been uh, on the rise, I would say, globally. And uh, Finland hasn't really realized that we have actually unique geologic wonders here that we should try to market first to Finns and obviously to tourists everywhere in the world. Uh, but these are places that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, we have two well-recognized uh, geologic wonders in Finland. One is the um, World Heritage Site in Merenkurku, and one is the uh, uh, UNESCO Geopark in Rokua. With a bit of luck, the um, World Heritage Site, you said Merenkurku, Merenkurku, which is the kind of archipelago area near near Vasa. Hopefully, yeah. that's something else I'll also be talking about in another episode of the podcast. Uh, it's certainly something I I visited just a few weeks ago and did a photo blog. So again, get over to the to the website and uh, and see what I saw. It's uh, impressive. I, I it's one thing that that made me want to look a little bit more at the geology of this area just to just to go to the the end of uh Bjorkabu island and and see the the geography there and the the land lifting um so it's yeah it's, it's kind of intrigued me since then yeah it's, it's a fascinating place and um actually to get back to the project uh, what we're doing is uh, uh we've mapped in collaboration with the geological survey of finland uh, the 20 or so uh, most interesting sites around the lake and uh, sort of easily accessible places and uh, places that describe the geology of the area best. And uh, at the moment we're finishing the descriptions and uh, basically the online version of the Geo Trail should be available within a month or so. And you have we'll a web, web address that you can direct people to where they can check that out online. Uh, we will have. We don't have it yet, but uh, okay. uh, there will be. Um, it will be available on uh, Google Maps. That's the easy option, and then there are some other versions of it available. Okay, I, I will have some show notes to to accompany this podcast when it when it's published so if you're listening to this now it's obviously been published and if you check the show notes we'll put some some links in there and uh, and hopefully a link to the maps and a, a link to any other website that table has together there so we would when we talked before i pressed record um i said maybe you could explain three to five of these places that the the interesting places around the lake i didn't realize you had 20 of them mapped out um I'm intrigued. I don't know this area at all well, so I'm intrigued to know what 
what are these what are some of these places and what is what is interesting about them um i have as much much time as as you have so how about we you know take some of your your favorites or some of the most interesting or unique however however you want to do it um yeah i'm in no hurry i love talking about love Perry. Uh, <laughs> i've found i've definitely found the right person for this <laughs> so uh I'll, I'll just wind you up and and set you off and uh, you you go for it okay um if you well let's say when you go to love Perry, i would recommend the first place to start is uh, the uh hotel because that's actually the easiest place to get to see the impact melt rock to get and that's really a unique kind of rock because uh, as the name impact melt rock implies that's the rock that was molten during the impact so it's a mixture of the bedrock and not all of the bedrock was uh, molten, but there are in this carnite there are clasts of uh, unmolten bedrock crushed and shocked within it. So it looks very strange. So uh, you can actually see the, the, the from the impacts that the heat that was generated turned some of this rock, uh, this bedrock, uh, into molten molten rock. So sort of hot yeah. rock and. And then, of course, it's it's cooled and hardened, but you have this this interesting-looking uh, specimen left behind. Yeah, and uh, it caught the attention of geologists already 160 years ago. So it's been studied for a very long time, and it's been uh, a puzzle for a very long time. Uh, and uh, the best place to see this is the uh, fall, the entrance fall, and the stairs of Spa. They, they used it in the in the design of the building, or have they built the building around it? They used uh, uh, cut and polished slabs of carnite on the floor, so you can very easily see beautiful samples of the rock. It's it's quite wonderful. Okay. And in, in addition to just staring at the floor, there there's also a nice exhibition downstairs. Where you can learn more about the geology of the area and uh, the bedrock and the impact process itself. And uh, the people that have listened to this and that can get themselves to Lapayadavi um, start at the Kivitipu Hotel and familiarize themselves. You know, they've got this to, to spark their imagination, then they can familiarize themselves with what they might see before they go out and, uh, and explore. Yeah, precisely. And uh, one thing I do need to mention about Carnite is that uh, uh, although most of the asteroid that uh, uh, hit the ground evaporated, uh, so there's almost no trace of it, but a tiny fraction, much much less than one weight percent, got mixed into the impact melt. So based on very precise geochemical analysis, of the impact network, we can actually tell what type of an asteroid or meteorite it was that hit Lock Perry. And was I think it's pretty unusual, or it's just that you're able to to make that calculation. I think it's just extremely cool that we can do it. Okay. Uh, the actual meteorite was a typical stony uh, meteorite, so nothing unusual about that. But 
it's not that common that you can actually tell what kind of a body it was that struck. So in that sense, Lopper is reasonably rare case. Okay, so we're, we're in Givitipu and we're heading out away from there. Now, I, I do know, because I had a look recently, that there's a, um, a, a very nice looking golf course quite, quite nearby to there. I'm not quite sure whether your, your suggested places to visit include a round of golf or not. No, why not if you're into it? I'm more of a football guy myself, okay. as I know you are as well. True, it's true. But uh, yeah, why not? And it, it, actually, you should take a walk around the area because it's a very beautiful place, and they have a, also a nice so-called meteorite trail there, only about a kilometer long or something like that. But you can learn more about this stuff along the trail. Yeah, and it is it is a from the pictures I've seen, it, it looks like a, a really interesting golf course because I think nine holes are basically in the woods and nine holes are on an island with lots of water hazards so it looks terrifying to a a bad golfer like me but um it looks beautiful as well yeah it is and, and there's a cool ferry taking you across the bay so, to get to it uh to get from the uh, first nine to the last nine holes yeah okay interesting yeah it's something something very different to what many people would be used to when they're when they're playing golf yeah, indeed. Okay, but what would your what would your next step be as a non-golfer? Where would you head to from the from Kibitipu? Let's see. Um, I think I would, okay, depending on how much time you have, but uh, uh, I would actually head almost to the opposite side of the crater, uh, to a place called Kuhavuori, which is on the uh, southeastern side of the lake, actually part of Palajärvi. And uh, that's really an incredible place because uh, because Lapperi is so young, it hasn't been totally eroded. So you have not only the impact melt rocks left, but you also have the topographic expression of the rim. Yes, what does that, that mean? Is what does that mean, Demo? Uh, you, uh, you think about craters as just holes in the ground which they obviously are. But during the impact, uh, uh, the rim area gets uplifted by a lot. But uh, in normal cases, in most cases, uh, erosion over millions and millions of years removes the uplifted rim. So you can't actually see the big hill that the rim actually is. But not that of it, because it's so young, you can still, still see the preserved and that's rare. In Finland, there's only two craters where you have preserved the rim. In all so other this is places, the actual the rim, rim, is rim of the crater that was created when uh, with with the impact of the meteor. Precisely. Okay. Okay. And that's that's actually uh, not well known at all. Certainly not among the uh, general public, and not even among geologists. So what are we looking at? If, if we go to if we go to this area, um, what are we looking? What should we be looking out for? L literally, what will we be seeing? Well, when you are in Kivitip, you should look at the uh, uh, topographically exaggerated model of the lake and the surroundings, and there you can actually see nicely the uh, elevated rim. And then when you get to Puhavuori, what you see is something. Truly exceptional for a Delapohjanmaa. 
because uh, the views are magnificent. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a high, steep hill and uh, beautiful lake, uh, lake view, and uh, it's been called as the Koli of Pohjanmaa. Have you ever been to Koli or what it is? I, I haven't been to Koli. Uh, it's a town in the, the the east of Finland, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I placed there, and uh, all of the uh, uh, classical area painters went there and painted it, and yeah. Etelä Pohjanmaa is generally very flat. Completely uh, flat and boring. Well, except so. So this is people. People from Etelä Pohjanmaa think this, and I guess as a geologist, that's probably very true. Um, but my my girlfriend Satu is from the east, and you know they they have more natural lakes there and a and a bit more bit more variety to the to the landscape, and what she says is that. Having moved to Etelapohjama, she really loves the big skies that you get from having a flat, a flat land, which I'd never thought yeah. about before. Um, but she took me into the middle of a field one summer and just said, "Look, and you know, these big, big sky that that seems to stretch on for uh, forever." So you know, there's there's beauty to be found in everything, even uh, even if the flat land, as to a geologist, might seem somehow boring. Yeah, I, I fully concur with that actually. Uh, it is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, in, in Pihavori, you really can't believe that you are in the Telepohjanmaa because it's such a gorgeous place. And uh, uh, there are a couple of um, specifically interesting geologic things in Pihavori uh, which are not actually related to the impact. So okay. the Pihavori area itself exists because of the impact. So it is there because of that. So that's a cool thing. But when you go there, uh, there's a famous place called Uhrikivi, the sacrificial stone. Okay. And that's a weird looking place because uh, it looks like a mushroom. And uh, well, folk tales uh, say that Pirka uh, uh, people sacrificed the children of the Lappi folks at the uh, Uhrikivi. So, pretty cool stuff. I think it Halloween period and so forth and so on. <laughs> and that's actually, I need to say this thing. Uh, the Uhrikivi is a thing called sea stack. So, you've probably seen them in England and other places like that. So, it's a rock uh, that's been eroded by waves and other uh, erosive forces that are taking place in shorelines. But obviously, at the moment, we have water is uh, about 100 meters above the surface of the Lake uh, Lappervi. Okay. But it was the ice age uh, seashore that was there. So is this before? This is after the um, after the impact. Way after the impact, we are talking about uh, something like nine thousand years ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's it's the it was the uh, if it was in the ice age, we, are we talking about glacier erosion, or would there have been still been some sort of liquid water up there? Uh, this is the stage where the uh, glaciers started to melt. Okay. And we had a huge lake at that point, and uh, so the shoreline was there. And the wave action, wind, ice, all that eroded the area. 
pretty fascinating way. And uh, this Uhrikivi uh, is made from two actually very typical rock types in the area. Uh, the leg of the mushroom, two called the leg, but the mushroom had a leg. A stalk. They have a stalk. stalk. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Stalk of the. Um, you, you've already taught me about three or four new words, so it's only fair that I give at least one back to you. Indeed, indeed. Uh, uh, the stalk of the mushroom is made of mica schist, a uh, very typical uh, metamorphic rock. And um, the cap of the mushroom is made from granite pegmatite. And mica schist is much softer, much more erodible than granite pegmatite. And that's why the wave action and wind and stuff eroded uh, stalks so that the uh, well, it looks like a mushroom. So are they two? Is it is it two separate pieces of rock, or are they somehow are they somehow kind of connected together? They are essentially connected together. Uh, the uh, microschist is older, and then later, and we're still talking about one point nine billion years ago, yeah, yeah. these granite pegmatites intruded the microschist bedrock as a molten rock, and then yeah. they were. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that that's really a great example of a sea stack. And all of these words that 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 I'm learning from you, I'll I'll make a note of these also in the show notes. I like to translate some of the Finnish words that that come up. So whether it's the name of um, of the area or the name of the the rock or whatever whatever it might be, um, we'll we'll put those in the show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, some of these words are tricky even in Finnish because the sea stack is known as raukki. And if you ask the ordinary guy what is raukki, yeah. they have no idea. No, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's one must see in Pyhavuori. Uh, other things are the uh, caves in Pyhavuori. Because of the type of bedrock we have, we really don't have that much uh, nice caves. And these aren't big caves in European standards. Uh, but these are pretty impressive in Finland. Uh, the longest one, Pirumpesha, uh, Devil's Nest, uh, it has been reported originally to have been 16 meters long, which is decent enough. Yeah. And uh, these are formed, again, because of the, uh, the differences between the microschist and the crank pegmatite, because there's the competence difference, and, and the microschist is also horizontally fractured. So the wave action and other erosion uh, cause these fracturing, fractures to expand, particularly at the contact between the microschist. And are these, are these caves easily accessible? Can people go and visit them when, they, when they're in Puhavori? Yeah, some of them are. Okay. Uh, they're very easy. There's a nice pathway and even staircases and so it's easily accessible. Great. And uh, there's fascinating cultural history also in Pyhavuri. Of course, there used to be plenty of trolls in the caves. Of course, uh, of course they did, yeah. Of course. Yeah, naturally. Uh, but there was also a hermit named uh, Jaakko Reipakka who lived uh, during the summertime there in the 1920s. And uh, he actually used this Pirumpesha cave 
uh, as his sauna. <laughs> so apparently he, he wasn't too bothered about the devil or the trolls. No, I guess I guess not. And not a superstitious man. No. Okay. Uh, there's also the remains of his uh, stone hut right next to the uh, cave. So there's also all, all sorts of interesting things there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And even even possible uh, uh, stone age uh, paintings on the rock. These are actually debated whether they are genuine or not. But if they are the real deal, then that actually expands uh, the known area of Finnish Stone Age paintings. Okay, so second second place on the list is definitely Buhavori. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and there are, I have to say, there are also nice hiking trails in Buhavori. And one of the hiking trails actually follows the uh, uh, crater rim. It's something like six and a half, seven kilometers, and goes to Lakeaharju, which is another nice place to visit because you can also get nice views to the crater lake there. And uh, the name is actually misleading Lakeaharju because Harju uh, is an S curve, and Lakeaharju is definitely not an S curve, but it's, it's part of the crater rim. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would definitely go to Wakayahari, which is north of the uh, Abuori, inside of Bimpeli. Uh, is this is this because you said that the the lake is twenty um, twenty two kilometers in diameter? Did I do I remember? Yeah, yeah, the crater is twenty two kilometers ah, okay. in diameter. The lake itself is, uh, I think, something like thirteen kilometers wide and twenty something. And what I was going to ask is, are all these places we're talking about accessible by car, or you know, is it is it going to be easy for everyone to get to all of these places, or are some of them a little bit less accessible? Uh, all of the places I've mentioned are easily accessible. Okay, good, good. Just a walk of a couple of hundred meters from parking lot. So. Unless you decide to go hiking and and t take it take it a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Hiking is actually a good option because uh, uh, there's there are a couple of nice lean-tos on the uh, uh, trail from Pihavori to Lakeaharju. Where are we? Where, where are we moving on to next? I mean, okay. While you are in Bimbeli, you obviously have to pay your respects to Xarikenta. Because uh, <laughs> that's the mecca of Pesapalo. Yeah, it certainly is at the moment. Vimpeli are the are the Finnish Pesapallo, Finnish baseball champions. Indeed. Um, so congratulations to any Vimpeli fans that might be might be listening to this. I, I must I must say when I heard about this place, Sarikenta, the kind of the island field, um, I imagine this uh, baseball stadium that that faced out onto the lake. And I had ideas of people hitting their baseballs out into clear out into the lake. And uh, when I actually checked it out and saw actually there's a, there's a river one side and a, and a stream the other side, it was a, it wasn't quite as romantic as, uh, to, <laughs> as I'd imagined. But if you're going there in the summertime and, and you can coordinate your, your trip to go and take in a game of Finnish baseball, that is definitely, definitely worth doing. Um, but I would recommend taking a fin that can explain the rules to you because they're very different to American baseball. But they are, yeah. 
but while you are in the bin belly, um, one thing we have in the um, geo trail is something quite unusual. Well, everything about that area is unusual, but uh, 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 east of uh, on the eastern parts of Wimpeli, uh, there is a limestone area, and uh, uh, Finland, and particularly Western Finland or Central Finland, don't have much limestone. It's extremely rare. There are only some small occurrences, and Wimpeli uh, has an extensive limestone currents and it's been used for centuries and there's actually an interesting story related to how it was recognized because uh, some local dude had built a fireplace in his house and the fireplace uh, made a lot of weird sounds and also sort of made tiny explosions okay. so obviously uh, the devil or at least some bad spirits or something lived in the fireplace of course of course yeah so they got the uh, local priest uh Fellman, to come and take a look and get rid of the bad spirits and stuff and he was a strange guy for a priest he was sort of a, well not that strange but he was uh, a very civilized guy he immediately recognized the rocks as limestone and uh uh, he found the uh, bedrock currencies of limestone and started, but it was no business with the limestone to be used in agriculture and all that stuff. Yeah, no, no, but not so good for, for fireplaces. Uh, no, definitely not. Okay. Uh, but uh, thanks to this limestone area, uh, there are gorgeous, really gorgeous old lime kilns in eastern Wimbledon. And uh, they are right next to the road, actually, uh, and quite close to the present-day quarry. Uh, but there are no signs to those gorgeous, gorgeous mountains. But they are easily accessible if you just take a look at the map and see where they are. And uh, actually, in the top of my head, I can't now remember how old these particular ones are, but uh, 100 years or so and uh, really fascinating combination of uh, strange geology strange and finished terms and local history and local business and ongoing business as well will, will we be able to identify them or locate them um easy enough using your your geo trail once all the information is available yeah yeah okay most definitely they are really easy to get to and easy to find on the maps and yeah well, most, most things are easy to find once someone's told you how to find them i guess uh, actually, yeah, yeah yeah you are you are right because i didn't visit these places until a few weeks ago and uh, i knew where they were and uh, i found them and my colleagues were in the car the road is something like 25 meters from the kings and I was shouting and waving at them along the road, passing by. They didn't see anything because they are behind uh, trees and bushes and all that. Because nobody's taking care of these places, which is a function. Uh, but uh, they are there, and once you go off the road into the woods, you actually see them very nicely. Yeah. Huge okay. constructions and nicely see the old molten rock inside the kilns. 
And uh, yeah, also the, there are nature preservation areas there because of the limestone. Because there are various uh, plants that prefer limestone bearing soil. So it's unique nature also. Okay, okay. It's, it feels like we're we're working our way around around the lake. Is that is that right? Is there is there maybe one more one more place you you want to recommend to people when they visit? Yeah, in Alajärvi. Actually, if you yeah, while you are in Alajärvi, before or after you you have already before, uh, there's a cool place, uh, a small museum called the Turigori uh, Keskus Volcano Center. Okay. Uh, that's, um, yeah, they have very nice, uh, volcano for where you can experience an earthquake and, uh, you see a geyser, uh, erupting and really cool things. And they have a nice mineral exhibition and, uh, you also see the, uh, uh, there and that's the only place where you can actually buy polished samples of Kadenite. Okay, so it's definitely worth visiting. So it's a it's a kind of volcano um, uh, experience rather than uh, a memorial to a, a particular volcano or, or a local a local attraction. Yeah, it's an experience kind of thing and a museum. Yeah, a lovely little place. And I, I've while we've been talking, I've been mentally working my way around this. Uh, this lake and thinking where do I stop for coffee because we're in Finland so you have to stop for coffee at least once in the afternoon I'm guessing that the the volcano center might be a place to do that as well that's an excellent place for that yeah yeah restaurant and a cafe there so no problem I think those are the key attractions in your first visit okay well that sounds that sounds probably like a good place to wrap up today's show um, I'll definitely be in touch with you after demo to get to get the correct spelling and translation of some of these names and places that you've you've mentioned and any links that you uh, that you might want to share with the with the listener after the uh, after the show um, I think I should start to wrap up by saying thank you for for giving us some time and, and taking us on this uh, on this journey around Lake Lapiarvi. Um so thanks demo for for joining me it's my pleasure and to the to the listener, if you in, enjoy the show and want to show your support, then just take a minute to uh, rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. That will all help raise the profile of the show. Um, connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, uh, or via the website explorefinlandpodcast.com. Um, of course, help spread the word. Of, about the existence of the show to all your friends on your social network of choice and uh, invite them to uh, explore Finland with us. If you want more from me in between shows, then again, on the website, you'll find back episodes, uh, these road trip photo blogs that I've talked about. Uh, so far, it's been around Pohjanmaa, but I think the first one in Etelä Pohjanmaa will, uh, will probably be Lappajärvi, whenever I can uh, get out there and do that. And you'll also, on, on the website, find my other show, The Finnish Football Show. And if that's not enough, then I also have a monthly blog on visitsaynioki.fi, um, where I'm talking about just things to do 
more more locally here in in the Sanioki area. Finally, if there's a subject you'd like me to cover in a future episode, then contact me via the website or social media, and uh, I'll be happy to hear from you. So, uh, until next time, thanks for listening to the Explore Finland Radio Show. Goodbye.